We start a new series tonight talking about never letting go. And um, did I release you young people? Get out of here, guys. Go. Yeah, get, 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 get. Not the adults. Uh, Sunday night, we'll be talking about Israel, the land that God loves. And that's going to be a wonderful thing. I want to encourage everybody in the church, keep your eyes on Israel. Uh, you know, it's, it doesn't matter a whole lot what Iran or the others do, but Israel's real important. And um, nothing happens that God doesn't see, especially when it comes to Israel. That is the apple of his eye. And when you get something in the pupil of your eye, you recognize it. How many recognize it when you get something in the pupil of your eye? And the Bible says that Israel is the apple or the pupil of God's eye. So God's got something in his eye tonight. And uh, he stirred. Amen? God stirred. And God can take good care of his children. Uh, tonight, I want to share something with you that's real important because I believe that, you know, as, as we get older, life gets harder. And as we approach the end of the age and the Lord's going to return, life will also get harder. I want to talk to you about running the race that is set before us. Now, this race is not concerning speed. God don't need no speedies in the church. This is not about speed. This race is not about speed. It's about endurance. It's about patience. It's about never giving up. And so I want you to open your Bibles with me, please, to the book of Hebrews, chapter 12. Let's stand for the reading of God's Word, Hebrews chapter 12. Wherefore, seeing we are also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which so easily besets us, and let us run with patience, not speed, patience, the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Now, how many of you in this room have some joy set before you? I know where I'm going. And Jesus set before him uh, the joy. But he despised the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. When used for a subject tonight, never letting go. You may be seated. Never letting go. As all of you know that there's a work for us to do. God has a race for us to run. Everyone in this room and everyone listening to us by television or live streaming, you need to understand when God chose you and you turned your life to Christ and you repented of your sins and you became a child of God, God set you in a race. Not a race of speed, but a race of endurance. We're not racing against each other. We're racing with each other. We're not trying to beat the other fellow out. We're just trying to get across the finish line. Because if we don't get across the finish line, we don't get no crown of glory. 
We don't get what we're searching for. We must cross the finish line. Now, you may fall seven times, but a just man gets up every time. You may trip and stumble. You may stagger. There may be some problems in your life, but your race hasn't stopped. You still have a goal, and God still wants you to pursue that finish line. And approaching that finish line may include some storms, some trials, some broken hearts, some shattered dreams, some sickness and disease, some horrific things may transpire on your race. But remember, we never give up. We never let go. Never let go of this good word of God. Never let go of God's love that endures forever. Never let go of God's promise. Never let go of the sight of heaven before us. Never let go of the good Lord God Almighty, the power of Jesus Christ, the word of Jesus Christ. Never let go of our faith, our heart, our life to serve God. Never, never, never let go. Never let go. Never let go of your love. Never let go of your work for Jesus Christ. I simply want to begin by saying we should never let go when there is work to do. And there certainly is work to do. In fact, the Scripture says in 2 Chronicles 15, verse 2, actually verse 1 and 2, it talks about Judah and Benjamin and Asa being the king of Judah. And Azariah the prophet speaks to Asa and tells him, when the Lord is with you, he'll be with you. When you are with the Lord, well, words like, it's worded like this. The Lord is with you while you be with him. Pretty awesome, huh? The Lord is with you while you be with him. One guarantee that the Lord is with you is when you be with him. In verse 7 in 2 Chronicles 15, it says, be strong, therefore, and let not your hands be weak, for your work shall be rewarded. So when there's work to be done, be not weary in well-doing. Stay strong in the Lord. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9 says, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. So don't let go when you're weary. Don't let go when there's a job to do. Don't let go at this last moment in time. Don't let go when the world's collapsing all around us. Don't let go of the promises of God when it looks like all hell's gonna break loose, but thank God for the Christian, all heaven's gonna break loose. Woo! When all hell breaks loose, all heaven's going to break loose for you and I. As children of God, we're going to rip out of here, lickety split right into the presence of God. Be not weary in well-doing. Stay strong to the Lord. Amen. Never let go. Never let go no matter the day. I mean, oh, days can be bad. You can have a troubled day. Days can be bad. 
Even a, even a Sunday can be bad. A Saturday can be bad, as it was for Israel. Any day can turn sour, and any day can turn bleak. But Isaiah 41, verse 10, you have a promise for every day of the week. Isaiah 41, verse 10 says, fear not. How about fear not for Sunday? I am with you, or I am with thee. How's that for Monday? Be not discouraged or dismayed. How's that for Tuesday? For I am the God, for thy God. How's that for Wednesday? I will strengthen thee. That's a good one for Thursday. Yes, I will help thee. Hey, good Friday. I will uphold thee with my right hand. That's a good Saturday. So every day of the week, no matter how bad your day may get, never let go. No matter how dark your Monday is, never let go. No matter what bad news you might receive on a Tuesday, a Wednesday, a Thursday, a Friday, a Saturday, or a Sunday, never let go. No matter how dark the storm is, no matter how bleak the situation is, no matter what the doctors say, no matter what they say is coming your way, no matter the tragedy or no matter the darkness that's creeping your way, never let go. When your body's weak, never let go. When your mind is troubled, never let go. When there's a fog in your mind and you can't seem to figure out what to do, never let go. When you're confused, never let go. When it looks like all hell is shattering all around you, never let go. No matter how dark it is, don't let go of your Bible. Don't let go of your faith in Jesus Christ. Don't let go of your love for Christ. Don't let go. Never, never let go. That's good. Every day of the week, never let go. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, never let go. Amen? And we need to understand that we'll get weary at times, but never let go. We have work to do, but never let go. You'll race, run the race with patience. Now, when I was in school, we had a PE, a PE teacher that was an was a abuser of us. Our PE teacher abused us. We want you to run 20 laps around the gymnasium. What's that got to do with school? Somebody don't run fast enough. All right, another 20 laps. You say, well, you got to do that when you're in basketball, basketball, football, or whatever. I wasn't in nothing. All I was was a victim. Run. <laughs> How many ever been a victim like that? Run. And you have to run and run and run and run until your side hurts. Run and run and run, and you just want to kill the teacher. One day I got aggravated at him. I said, hey, let me hold the whistle and you run. Well, I didn't pass my grade that year. I think I offended him. But the Bible's very clear that when we run this race, it's, each one of us have a race to run and it's not the same. 
My race is not the same as your race. The goal is the same. The finish line is the same. And no matter how hard it gets for us, we've got to keep running for the finish line. But my race is not the same as your race. You may have to go around a different mountain than I have to go around. You may have to go through another valley than I have to go through. Your race may include sickness or a battle with cancer. Your race may include a battle with with, uh, sugar diabetes. Your race may include bouts of deep depression. Your race, your, your race may, uh, may be bouts of loneliness. Your race may be uh, bouts of, of deep oppression or wanting to give up. Your race may be different than mine, but we're all running the race, not against each other. We're encouraging each other. We said, hang on, hang on, never let go. Keep running, keep running, keep running. Yeah, but you say, I can't run very fast, but you can keep going. See, this isn't about speed. This is about endurance. This is about never giving up. Isn't that good? Let me show you something that's real interesting. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24. I'm going to read down to verse 27, the rest of the chapter. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all... But one receiveth the prize. Now, he's talking about a, uh, a secular race. So run that you may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now, they do it to obtain a corruptible crown. But we do it to obtain an incorruptible crown. I, therefore, so run. Not as uncertainty, so fight I. Not as one that beateth the air. But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Paul is saying, I'm going to keep running. No matter what happens in life, I'm going to keep running because I'm not trying to obtain an earthly crown. I'm trying to obtain an incorruptible crown, a heavenly crown. He said, I'm going to keep race, running and keep racing. How many ever, you know, Paul says, if I quit running and I get out of the race, then I find myself a castaway. How many ever met folks that quit running? Anybody met folks that quit running? Amen? Now, I've had some times in my life that you couldn't hardly call mine running. I was limping. I've had a few moments in my life where I was on the ground crawling. But God bless all of you in this room. I'm always moving forward. Are you hearing me? No matter how hard it gets, always be moving. If you have to move like a sloth, move. But always be moving toward the pride of the high calling in Christ Jesus. Always be moving in the direction you want to go. Amen? Amen. Well, no matter what the day brings, no matter what the problem brings, always stay moving for God. Be not weary and well-doing, but if you faint not, if you'll continue to do what you're supposed to do, for in due season you shall reap if you faint not. Don't faint, don't faint, don't faint. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. 
has not God given you? God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of sound mind. Woo! I'm glad I'm not crazy. (laughs) Bible says God give me a sound mind. I've met some folks I'm wondering. Now that sound mind doesn't mean that you that you don't have problems where you wrestle in your mind. That's not what he's talking about. You, the sound mind means you know who Jesus is. You know what the Bible says. And you keep marching on. God has not given us a spirit of fear. No fear of the graveyard. No fear of sickness and disease. No fear of the storm. No fear of tomorrow. No fear of anything. God is not giving me a spirit of fear. I'm not going to run like a coward. God's in me. Greater is he that's in me than he's in the world. I will not back up, march forward, never let go of the faith that God's given you. Don't back up in fear, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and a sound mind. Yes, amen. amen. Sometimes it gets hard. The truth is it gets very hard sometimes. And sometimes you just got to, you, you know, you just got to cry out to God and ask for his strength. Anybody ever been to the place you wondered? You knew what you were doing, but you was wondering what God is doing. Anybody been there? God, what are you doing? And I think Israel's in that place tonight. What do, God, what are you doing? It's not what God's doing. It's what they're doing. And we need to understand that God is just getting things ready. All the players in place, everything's ready to go. Beam me up, Jesus. Amen. Beam me up, Jesus. Scotty ain't got a thing to do with this. Beam me up, Jesus. First Peter chapter 5, verse 7 says, Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. No matter what you're facing, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. First Peter 5, 7, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. That verse links us to what you would think of as a baby being laid across its mama's shoulder. Mama always puts a little pad over her shoulder, puts a little baby up there. Little baby's up there on her shoulder. There's a little pad there. You know what that pad's for? I figured it out real quick. <laughs> little baby's got tall, crying. Milk didn't quite agree. Something happened. The baby's crying and crying. That baby's casting all its cares upon mama. Mama takes that little baby, puts that baby up on her shoulder. That little baby just cries and cries and cries until... Oh, everything's okay now. Except mama's got to clean up a mess. Well, that's the picture you get casting all your care upon him for he cares for you. It's showing us like Jesus takes us and things are not set in our life. We're upset in our stomach. We're, we're churning. We're hurting. And we cry and Jesus takes us and puts us, he puts our whole world on his shoulder. He puts every worry on, our, on his shoulder. He puts every fear on his shoulder. He puts every anxiety, puts every weakness on his shoulder. And he rubs your little back. And he says, it's going to be all right. 
And then you feel the presence of God moving in you. And all that stuff that was bothering you is on the shoulders of Jesus Christ. That's good stuff. Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. One day, Judy took one of our babies and said, Honey, I want you to burp this baby. And I said, I can do that. I watched her. She, you know, I can do that. Pat the baby on the hand. So I put the baby up on my shoulder. And Judy said, Do you need, you want this pad for you? I said, I don't need that pad. I needed that pad. I needed that pad. That baby abused me. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't just an upchuck. It was uh, all over me. And after the baby got done, and I'm not going to mention no names. You know, Josh is our baby boy. But I ain't going to mention no names. But and after the baby got all that off its stomach, the baby said, Coo. Coo-coo, dad, 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 dad. I don't even call me daddy. Let me know Jesus is big enough to take your... No, Jesus loves you. Jesus cares about you, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Amen. I love that, don't you? Never give up. Never give up. There's another scripture that I think we need to remember. It's Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says, For without faith it is impossible to please him, speaking of God, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. That's a pretty good challenging verse. How many would agree that is an awesome verse? Without faith, it is impossible to please him. Well, I want to please him. How about you? For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. God is. He's master over the storms. He's master over death, hell, and the grave. He's master of all creation. God is. And here he brings us in the equation. And, and, and he says that we believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I love that, don't you? He's a rewarder. He's a rewarder of them that seek him. I'm going to bring you back to Hebrews 12 as we conclude the message tonight. But I want to point out something that's very important. And, and as we get ready to conclude in this chapter 12 of Hebrews I want to say, when there's work to do, never give up. Never let go when you're weary. Never let go no matter what a day brings. Never let go in your race that's set before you. And never let go of your God. Never let go of your God. See, the devil's working overtime to keep people trying to get people to let go of their God. The devil's working overtime to try to pull people down and pull them away. This is the worst time 
in the history of all creation to backslide. This has got to be the worst. You, you, if, you backslid, if you are to backslide in the next few days or the next few weeks or the next few months, if you're to backslide, your timing sucks. Your timing is bad. Hello? Look at Hebrews 12, verse 1. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. Whatever is holding us down, the burden, the weights of life, let it lay it aside, put it aside, and let the, that sin that so easily besets you, that so, so drags you off to the side, let us lay aside that sin that so easily besets us, lay aside that weight so that we can run, lighten up, with Jesus, lighten up with the blessing of God, lighten up, remove your sin by the blood of Jesus Christ, lighten up, get energy from God, lighten up, lighten your race so you can run the race with patience, not so that you can be speedy, but that you can be long enduring. It's not about speed, it's about patience and long suffering. Notice as they are a cloud of witnesses. We're compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Now, there are those that try to preach, well, bless God, everybody that went on before us are watching us. Well, I hope not. Yeah, my grandpa went on before me. He's watching me. I hope not. Because if he was, he'd probably come down and kick me in the blessed assurance. I hope not. He's not talking about your loved ones that's went on to heaven and now they're looking over the balcony to see how stupid you're doing or how good you're doing. He's not talking about heaven wouldn't be heaven if they had to watch you 24 hours a day. So the cloud of witnesses is not your loved ones that's died and went on because there's a limited uh, amount of knowledge that God keeps people from having. I've said it before, the people in heaven have a limited knowledge of what's going on down here, and we have a limited knowledge of what's going on up there. So the cloud of witnesses is not all your people that went to heaven and now they're watching you, cheering you on. Ooh! This is not a basketball game. This is a, this is a life moving of God's Spirit in our life and marching on for God. So what is the cloud of witnesses? The cloud of witnesses is in chapter 11. Chapter 11 is the cloud of witnesses. The cloud of witnesses are such as Abel, who offered a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. He would testify, it takes the blood, nothing but the blood of the Lamb will remove your sins. It's a testimony of Enoch. One day, you'll be caught up to meet your God in the air. Enoch didn't know it as that, but he was caught up, translated into the presence of God. And one day, there's going to be a whole church caught up in the presence of God. That's the cloud of witnesses. Noah. We look at Noah, and he say, he's telling you, God's got your boat. Jesus can make sure you float. You're going to be raised above the waters of, of wrath. You're going to be delivered in the great ark of Jesus Christ. 
that great cloud of witnesses are like Moses, like David. David would say, whoo, I picked up a rock, I put it in my sling, whoo, 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 and big old Goliath coming up there, and, and God just took that little rock in that sling, and whoo, and when I let it go, the rock shouted, Hallelujah! Praise be to God. And the rock went back, went back, went faster than a ballistic missile and hit old Goliath right between the eyeballs. Knocked him down. Now, I know that they didn't have ballistic missiles back then, but the rock was pretty much ballistic when God gets a hold of it. The great cloud of witnesses Jonah, he is the God of a second chance. Elijah, he is the God of consuming fire. The great cloud of witnesses that's watching us as we run the race is not those that went on before us, our loved ones. The, The great cloud of witnesses is not even watching us. We're watching them. We're watching them in the scriptures. We're watching David kill Goliath. We're watching David sin and fall in sin with Bathsheba and, and go as far as to murder Uriah, her husband. And what does that witness say? There's still forgiveness no matter how bad you do. There's still forgiveness of your sin no matter how wicked you've done. God forgives even sins of murder. God forgives all sins except the blaspheming against the Holy Ghost. You say, well, preacher, what if I've done that? I'm afraid I've done that. I've chewed my finger. I'm on nervous I've done that. Well, you wouldn't be sitting in this room if you'd done that. You'd be the most disgusting human being ever walked. You maybe don't want to agree. You thought it was your idea to come to church tonight? You say, it wasn't my idea, it was my wife's. <laughs> you, you thought it was your idea to come to ch- church tonight? Say, no, it's my, my kids. No, it was my grandchildren. You thought it was your idea? No, it's my sister or my brother. No, it may have been their idea, but the bottom line is you're here because God brought you here. You're here because God wanted you to sit here and listen to me preach. Never let go. Never give up. And we look at that cloud of witnesses. It's not, they're witnessing to us. We're we're not witnessing to them. They're witnessing to us. Let us lay aside every weight. Why? Because if David can do it, we can do it. If Samson can do it, we can do it. If Gideon can do it, we can do it. If Noah can do it, we can do it. If Moses can do it, we can do it. If Enoch can do it, we're going to do it. Amen. You know what happened when Enoch was translated? The Bible says he was not. And because he was not, they looked for him and could not find him. It's kind of like this, you know, Russians have cosmonauts, America has astronauts, and God has a was not. 
Amen? Enoch was or was not. One of these days, the church is going to be caught up just like in Enoch. And we're going to be caught up to meet Jesus in the air. They'll look for us, but we're gone. But I got an idea that if they're looking for us because we're gone, they're not going to look long because they're going to have so much on their plate that they're not going to have much time to be looking. They're going to be terrified of what's coming upon the earth. See, we, I used to think, years ago, I used to think where it said forbidding to eat meat, you know, abstaining from meat and forbidding to marry, and I used to think that was all Catholicism. Do you know our government now is teaching that we shouldn't eat meat? And they're getting to the point where they don't think we ought to get married because we can't even figure out what sex we are. Well, I can. They can't. That bunch running our country don't know the difference. Hello? Man pleasers. Hello? I know I'm on a soapbox right now, but it feels good. And so, one of these days, we're going to be caught up to meet Jesus in the air. No one has any idea just how close we are. AI, the robots, these robots now looking just like a human being. Can't even tell the difference between them and some of the models they have now. And they can think for themselves by computer, and they're, they're highly intelligent. And I used to think, I used to think, well, abstaining from meats was Catholic. No, I think we're seeing it now in a different light. Abstaining from marriage, I, you know, not being married, I think we're seeing it in a different light. Remember the mark of the beast? We used to think it'd be a big old tattoo across our forehead. You know, I've decided that's not true. And the reason it's not true is because there's tattoos on everybody. I think it's more like computer. And I think, remember Daniel said that the, the, the man of sin will cause the image to speak? And I think that's probably artificial intelligence. We're there. We're totally there. UFOs now, the government's already saying, you know, they're out there. Well, shoot, I knew they were out there the first day I started pastoring a church. There's a lot of unidentified flying objects in the church. Weirdos. What planet you from? Well, I remember the first time I started pastoring a little church, and there was a couple of guys in the church that said, we're from another planet. And I said, what? Yeah, we're from another planet. But the Lord sent us here so that we could give you enlightenment. That actually happened to me, pastoring a church. And I said, uh, you need to go back to your Pluto or wherever it is. They had the name of the planet and everything. I'm thinking, weirdo, weirdo. They forgot their medication on the way to church. 
Amen. No, the God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. A sound mind. But the government's pushing all this stuff. You know why? Because when the Lord catches his church away, there'll be a state of confusion that this world has never even imagined possible. And we'll be with Jesus. Israel's a perfect example of God's guidance for a little nation. I was reading on somewhere, I can't remember where it was, reading somewhere about Israel, and somebody said, well, Israel's not the people over there that lives in Israel over there. Israel's actually people scattered around the planet. People that teach that are teaching that the church is Israel. And they're denying the fact that Israel over in the Middle East is Israel. That's the fake Israel. But if you know the history about Israel, you'll know that it's not fake over there. You'll know it's real. And we'll uncover that Sunday night. And we'll show that it is real Israel. And that the Lord is preparing the end time. Amen? Now, I'm going to stick my neck out a little further, but you need to understand, whatever Israel does, many of the nations of the earth will be displeased with Israel. Israel will not get five stars through all this. Whatever Israel does, Israel cannot win for losing because they rejected the true Messiah. And whatever happens, whatever Israel does, they're not going to please everybody. And I wouldn't be a bit surprised if they don't do some things in this conflict that will even turn some of her allies, Israel's allies, against her. She can't win for losing. They should have thought of that when they crucified Jesus on the cross and said, let his blood be upon us and our children. I'd, you know, I'd like to say there's brighter days for Israel, but there's not. There's darker days for Israel. But there's brighter days for the church. We're leaving. Amen? We're leaving. i got to quit or I'm going to preach my Sunday night's message. But anyway, uh, we're going to get into some good stuff and praise the Lord for the blessing. I'm glad you came tonight. Never, 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 never let go of this Bible. Never let go of your Savior. Never let go of your promise that he's coming again soon. Never let go of your church. Never let go of your prayer life. Never let go of your, your, your love for Christ. Never let go of God. Because we're right here on the threshold of going home. Wow. Josh, come and bring us on. Hope you enjoyed tonight. Hope the Lord spoke to you tonight. What a blessing it is. Let's all stand. Never let go. Never let go. No matter how bad the day is, no matter how dark the situation is, never let go. Because all things are possible to him that believeth. God can do anything. Did you hear me? God can do anything. Never let go. Never let go. God can do anything. Never let go. There's absolutely nothing God cannot do. Nothing he cannot do. He's God. He does what he pleases. He does what he wants. There's nothing he cannot do. 
You say, well, I know some things you cannot do. He can do anything he wants. He's God. Who's he going to answer to? You? God's going to do anything, can do anything he wants to do. And that includes heal, forgive, deliver, and take us home. Isn't that beautiful?